Just a quick note before the podcast begins, all funding from Patreon for both Holly and myself has ceased. We can be found at coffee, that is K-O hyphen F-I dot com. Holly is at Holly Lyle, one word, and that is L-I-S-L-E. And alone in a room with invisible people can be found at alone. So that is coffee, <laughs> K-O hyphen F-I dot com slash Holly Lyle. H-O-L-L-Y-L-I-S-L-E and K-O hyphen F-I dot com slash alone. We cover in the podcast why we've made this change. Thank you. Your story is waiting for you today. Your story has something new to say. But your story will only come out to play when you're alone. Alone. Alone in a room with invisible people. The following episode may contain swearing. Alone in a Room with Invisible People is brought to you by hollyswritingclasses.com. Hi, I'm Rebecca Gallardo, the host of Alone in a Room with Invisible People. I'm here today with author and teacher Holly Lyle, and today's topic is how to build your writing system. But uh, probably for the first time, unfortunately, we're going to go ahead and go over our weeks <laughs> this, this uh, episode before we get to the topic. And uh, Holly, yeah, you go first. Yeah. (laughs) I did not have a good week last week, and I think that's the first time you have ever heard me say that. Um, Oh, I know it's not the first time you've ever heard me say that. but The uh, listener. (laughs) Yeah, but for for those of you who are listening to the podcast, last week was not good. Um, First, uh, it is, well, until Tuesday at 10 p.m., Eastern Time. It is still the launch of How to Write a Novel, and uh, which is one of my big classes, and it's still, as I speak, it is still discounted and will be through the end of Tuesday. But it broke on opening and broke and was broken for um, several hours, and uh, it was, it was <laughs> Becky and I were having not fun doing help desk and struggling to get things working. And poor Dan was, was working as hard as he could. And it just, oh man. And then um, I discovered that Patreon, the where I had a Patreon and it was bringing me in you know, five, getting pretty close to $600 a month, which was really, really helpful. And then I discovered that Patreon was claiming eternal rights to everything they touched, basically. Eternal, irrevocable rights, not only just to the stuff, but to the ability to license, sub-license, alter. Yeah, make make, um, derivative works from. And yes. yes, uh, (laughs) Fuck you, Patreon. Yeah, fuck you, Patreon. Um, not, not good. So I shut down my Patreon, told all of my, sent, I sent all of my guys an email and said, look, I'm sorry. And thank you so much for funding me, but we cannot do this. And so, um, a, a bunch of my folks got back to me with different things that I might be able to use instead. And, um, I went with, uh, coffee.com, which is K-O hyphen F-I dot com and it's forward slash h-o-l-l-y-l-i-s-l-e holly lyle and i will be spending an entire half day changing all of the links i'm so sorry yeah (laughs) i am so sorry yeah Yeah. 
Um, I have them changed on my site. Uh, but yeah, that's, we have them. I, I had them. I, well, I haven't changed them in any of my books yet. So those have all got to be changed and that's not even coming up for the next little bit. So people are just going to get a dead link from that when they go to Patreon because, oh my God. Well, the good thing is people that are going to Patreon that want to support you Mm -hmm. are likely going to look up on your website be like, oh, this isn't working. I wonder why. Yeah. Well, that's that's how I would be anyway. Yes. Well, yeah, I I, I hope that people will look because uh, the the support was massively helpful. And, um, you know, it was very tough to, to just shut down just re- delete everything. I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine something that's... People are supporting you at yeah. the level of five and almost $600 a month. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just keep thinking of Lisa Clow from Lockery Fine Art. She's making, like, what, $8,000 a month off of Patreon alone? Mm-hmm. Yes. And, I, I, and, and Patreon can take literally anything she has and make derivative works of it and have, you know, irrevocable... Yeah. rights to literally whatever she's posted i that terrifies me yeah this is a company that needs to be shut down that is no absolutely this is a company horrifying. that just needs to fix their fucking terms yeah oh. yes but see they have a board of directors now so the, mm-hmm. the board of directors came up with this brilliant thing i guarantee now, last week i i did get dead man's party written on monday uh, in spite of everything going wrong, I did get my <laughs> 1,515 yes. words. Well, a little bit less, but uh, I'm, I was amazed. Yeah. Um, but I did not get anything written on Wishbone all week because all week it was just damage control. And uh, well, you were also fixing um, a massive overlook um, to your Holly Lyle.com page. Oh, yeah. Having no links to your Holly's <laughs> writing courses classes page. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So it was. It was. It was just a fascinating week. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, now it's Becky's turn. Yeah. Oh dear God. Now you know what. And this is the thing too. Like I'm in a good mood now because we're doing the podcast. But, yeah. Um, the last couple of weeks, I have been. Every year that I'm getting older, it's getting a little bit harder. This thing of not having kids. And if you guys are out there and you're struggling with infertility and stuff, I'm here. You know, write me, Rebecca, at alonewithinvisiblepeople.com, because um, I get it. I, I do. And it's it's hard. And especially, I think this is part of the reason why I'm kind of getting away from just the writing the romances. Because when I was younger, I, I figured this stuff was in my future. You know, like, I was going to have somebody, I was going to have a, a really cool romance where um, it was a girl, a single woman with two kids and a guy but it pains me too much to write it yeah and there are other things that I wanted to write kids books I was hoping you know that I could write kids books for my kids while they were growing up and then I could publish them as well and then they would have a kids book like every year as they grew up it would be like their book and it just I had all of these plans and it's it's hard to let go of the idea that you had for your future and it's the same thing as if you you thought you were going to be a musician like you you know you (laughs) had to let go of that dream or I thought at 14 I was going to be this big famous actress and then I realized like I don't want fame and I had to let that dream die and that was actually really sad 
mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. this is a little bit more intense than I think a, a 14 year old's dream. <laughs> well, yes. Of being a famous actress. Yeah. Um, but, and like I said, I'm in a good mood now, but if you're listening to this, um, yeah, the last couple of weeks have been really, really hard. Usually it's, it's been May and July because my husband tries very hard to make all of June, my birthday month, the best so it's usually the, the two anchoring months, but the, this year it's just, it's been all year. So I have been struggling through that, and I've been, finally one of my friends from the fan art workshop consortium on Facebook that I'm a part of, uh, Chris Thompson, he's the owner of the group. He's amazing. And if you're an artist, by the way, find us on Facebook. We'd love to have you in there. Um, not not a plug or anything, not a paid sponsorship. <laughs> Um, but he's like, no, just, just, you need to make some art. And so I did. And it, it made me feel a little bit better. Um, the writing, I have been a little, I'm not going to use the ADD as an excuse because I've learned how to work with, within the way my brain works. But, um, when I saw your notes for this, for this episode, I was like, that's it exactly. (laughs) Um, motivation, no direction, running around in circles. (laughs) Even through the depression, I've had a lot of motivation to work on Fulton Hills, but I haven't been using, um, the world building book. I haven't been using the world building clinic because I thought, oh, well, I need to research more. My problem is I need to actually get the story and then know what I'm going to be researching for. Yeah. Because I'm trying to do too much at once. But, um, yeah, I did get some words done on my ghost anthology, which I'm very happy about. But, um, yeah, this week was awful. (laughs) This week was just horrible. I'm so sorry. And, yeah, Yeah. so, hey, uh, and the fact that we both had a shitty week the same week. Yeah, and not even communicating to each other about our weeks at all. No, no, it was just, just a cruel week. Good for both of us. Yeah, and the moon and the sun and the planets must be in alignment for, <laughs> you know, shitty week for writers. Yeah. At least for us. Okay, so let's get on to actually fixing this shit. So yes. yes. How, the topic, how to build your writing system. I know that this is something that we put out there, ask people about, you know, hey, would you be interested in this? And, you know, we got a lot of yes, please, yes, please, <laughs> was, yes, please. Yeah, it was a pretty emphatic, positive response. Yeah. 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 Because I think writing systems are very personalized. Mm-hmm. So, like, you have certain notes for yours. I have, um, I actually... For probably, no, the second time, because I did write notes for the fan fiction episode. Um, I actually wrote notes myself on this because mine's a little bit different than the, your system would be. Right, so, right. And yeah, again, this is something that you have to adapt for yourself. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah we're totally adaptable and you can personalize it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because because nobody else's system is going to perfectly fit you, but you can build one that will perfectly fit you. So that's what we're going to be working on today is not what's my writing system, but how do you build your own? Um, so if you want to make writing your pay the bills day job, the first thing you have to do is show up for work every day. And it's just like any other job. If you don't show up, your ass gets fired. So the, the problem being that your boss 
in this job might just be an idiot who fails to recognize that you need to be fired. So um, you have to be the bad guy. You have to be your own bad guy who says, okay, no, um, if I want to do this, I actually have to do the work. And so that is step one. And that is the same step one for everybody. You have to show up. Um, so do you have anything you want to say on that? No, step one is pretty clear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and and there are weeks, sometimes, usually it's just days, but like, you know, this week, is last week was my demo week for there are weeks when you don't get to show up for work because life does intrude. And, well, and sometimes it's it's been more for you because of the Prozac or because of the shit that we went through oh, yeah. with uh, Barry. It's just, I mean, hey, sometimes life says, fuck you, and <laughs> it's going to be a while before you can get down to right. And even if you can, you're going to have to fight through it. Yeah. Yeah. The, the thing that I want to say in regard to that, though, on the opposite side of the fence, is that I was allowing writing my writing classes to stop me from writing my fiction because I was telling myself I don't have the time to do both. You mean this week? No, 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 not this week. This week was generally, there was just no way around this week, last week. Okay. But no, when I was back months ago. And okay, it was, months ago, because I was, refer, I was referring to something years and years ago and you confused me. Okay, yeah. Well, no, that was, <laughs> no, years and years ago, that was, that was valid shit, the, the Prozac thing. Yeah. No, I just, I just could not write. But, uh, no, for uh, a couple of years, I was kind of playing with my fiction while I was uh, doing all of the classes, uh, how, to, how, to write, how to revise your novel, and the villains class, and, and the um, short stories class, and these various things that I was building, and people were saying, well, you know, we really want to take this, and I, they would ask me the questions, and I would build the class, and I, there was just, I was not finding any time to write. And then I decided to do a demo book for how to write a novel and decided to video myself writing it live. And I figured out that the, I needed 1,515 words per week on the book, per week. And so I sat down and I decided the first day that I was videoing, I was going to see how many words I could get for the weekly words. And I got all of the words, all 1,515 in one hour. And there, there's this little ka-chunk in the back of my brain where I thought, holy shit, one hour, 1,515 words. I'm going to have a novel done in 35, 36 weeks. One novel done. And I have, a, I have the printout now, and my stack of paper is about an inch and a half, to almost two inches tall now for just that one book written one hour per week. And I thought, no, 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 no. This is not acceptable then. I need to be giving myself that much fiction every day and it needs to be first, which takes us to the next step, which is you have to define your tasks. You have to ask yourself, well, what do I have to accomplish in small steps that will take me to my big goal which is write my novel. And do you have anything you want to bring in on that? No, I mean, I think 
what you're saying is right. Like, obviously, if you're here, we're talking about building your writing system. Mm-hmm. You need your your goal would be to write something. So it's a write a novel, write a screenplay, write a short story, write something. But it's it's hard as you've taught in your courses, um, and like you tell everybody, you can't. Nobody writes a novel. You write words. Right. You write words that lead to sentences, that lead to chapters, that lead to you know first draft. Mm-hmm. So the idea is just okay. Define what you want to write, whether it's a novel, a short story, a screenplay, a, a set of, you know, flash fiction. And then, like you said, set out tasks, mm-hmm. you know, break that down yeah, into manageable chunks, into something that, okay, well, I can do this today. And it doesn't have to be 1,550 words in an hour. No. It doesn't have to be 3,000 words in a day. It can be, you know, five or six 10-minute timers. It can be two. Right. minute time sessions right it can, it, it, if, if you can't do word count yet but you have 30 minutes where you can sit down and and try to write start off just doing that right and then notice what words you're getting notice how much you're getting and then move from that to okay well i'm getting 150 words let me shoot for 200 yeah yeah with with the caveat do not set yourself on a a perpetually increased schedule where oh if i can do 200 words in a 10 minute timer i can do 250 words in a two minute timer yeah you don't you don't want to set yourself up for failure right because that is training to failure and training to failure is how people break things and one of the things you can break is your muse um it's it's like well if i can do 50 push-ups i can do 60 i can do 70 i can do 80 i can do 210 and you break something yeah, what I meant was like if, if you're sitting down for 30 minutes a day and within the 10-minute timers, your average is 150. So mm-hmm. let's say you get 250 one day, you get 80 the next day. You know, aim for, for about average or maybe a little bit above average because obviously, you know, you've had good days where you've done more. Right. But yeah, like you're saying, and I think that's part of my problem too, is I see what I have done in the past. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to do that now. Well, I keep forgetting that I'm also wanting to do art at a substantial rate. Right. So I can't do, well, I can, but it's not wise for me to try to do 3,000 words seven days a week. No. And five or six hours of art as well. Right, <laughs> right. No, it's, there is, there is a, a sweet spot that you find. And for me, I have found out that, um, I can I can happily write fiction for between one and two hours, um, four days a week, where with uh, Honey the Corrigans. No, I'm sorry, no, with Wishbone, which is. Well, you were you were actually happy with five days a week too. You're just doing four now because of the marketing, right? Oh yeah, I was happy with five days a week, but right now I have to do the marketing thing because. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. your <laughs> sweet spot could still be all the way up to five. Oh days a yeah, week. absolutely. I yeah. could very easily write for ten hours. Uh, a week on fiction. Uh, I, I don't have those 10 hours to a lot to it right now, but I have an hour on Mondays and I have two hours a day on Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. And during those times, I can comfortably get about 2,000 words. And I am not pushing myself to do more. What I am doing is looking at, well, how long is it going to take me at that pace 
to finish the first draft of the book. And it comes out around mid-May, I think, that I'll have Wishbone done. And uh, <laughs> oh, That's amazing. Yeah, yes. And, and I have been, for, for just two hours, three days a week, I just, and you know, your yeah, pace you can't be, be hard on yourself about not having written fiction in the past. No, you have to but just... I think it's important to realize that I yes. am, you know, I am a professional that has been doing this for a shitload of years and I allowed myself to be seduced by an excuse. Yeah. And, and she's a professional who had to put food on the table and everything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're... If you're out there, anybody can be seduced by an excuse. Yeah. Um, the next thing that you have to do, okay, after you have set sane, achievable goals, which is, you know, a comfortable word limit, the, the next thing after that is put the most important thing in your day first. And for me, on my writing days, my butt hits the seat. I bring up my Scrivener document and not a plug for, you know, not a paid plug for Scrivener. It's just, no, yeah. oh That's God, I just use, love it. Yeah. I love it so much. <laughs> but, well, and I love it even more now that I've moved to Mac mm-hmm. because holy shit, it's, it is so much better on Mac. <laughs> not and a plug for so, Mac. Yes, no, 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 just... no. Well, <laughs> hey Mac, if you want a sponsor. Yeah, hey, seriously. I, I got some, some of your Apple products I need. <laughs> <laughs> yes. As an artist and as a writer, <laughs> dual. Yes. But, um, so but you, yeah, that's you. But you okay? Here's yeah. the thing, though. You have a specific routine. Mm-hmm. You shower first. Mm-hmm. It, it, it seems small, but that's part of your routine. Yes. Yes. So, it, well, yeah, that's true. I I have a a thing that I do that gets me into my my focus, my writing focus, where I jump into the shower and I am thinking about what I'm going to be writing that day. While I take a shower, I'm just kind of letting the characters float around in my head a little bit. Uh, I, you know, I, and I try to keep the shower short and jump back out, staying focused, brush my teeth, thinking about the story, go into the office, which is, um, you know, like, five feet to the left of the shower because <laughs> this is a little place. And I sit down, bring up my document, set up my timer because I do write to a 10 minute timer. Um, and the reason I write to a 10 minute timer is because when that is ticking, I am focused on getting my words. I hear it. It is, I have trained my muse to respond in a Pavlovian fashion to uh, the sound of this 10-minute timer where I start it and the muse shows up for work. It's like, oh, hey, my turn. All right, cool. And we we sit there and we run through 10-minute timers and I get my words and it takes generally about two hours for me to get the word count. I stop when I have roughly the word count. So, you know, I'll, I'll run a little over. My word count for a wishbone is 2,000 words a day, three days a week. And I got a little crazy and went 2485 or something like that the week before one day. And was just, I just could have kept going, but I didn't. Because yeah, that's when you figured out um, something, oh, five yeah. scenes. 
how she escapes something. Yes. And you got all excited and then you realize, well, I can't write all five scenes today, so I'm just going to chill. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. And I have still not gotten to that scene yet. The one that I am writing toward. It's a candy bar scene, It though, is. It is. As, that's... You, as you call them. Yeah. That is a candy bar scene. It is dragging me forward because I want the yummies. And they are yeah. going to be fun to write. Okay, so do you have anything on? Yeah. Okay. Um, so routines are different. And here is how weird things are. Okay, so like when you – I read on writing when I was very young. Um, well, I mean not very young. It's, it's whenever Stephen King put it out. I remember you bought it mm-hmm. and then you lent it to me because I was like, I want to read it. Um, and – he talks about when he was writing as Richard Bachman, how he would do things differently. Now, I don't remember if, because I remember Dark Half. Um, isn't there also a writer in Dark Half? Yeah. Okay, so I don't remember which one used legal pads. I think that was Dark Half. But there was a typewriter. You know, his entire system was different. And I thought oh that's affected you know like (laughs) oh that's that's just him trying to be you know what what would now be termed hipster um (laughs) but it wasn't no (laughs) because it is amazing our brains are fucking amazing so um i write as me and and it's completely different than when i used to write as nim so when I wrote as Nymph Dupov, and the only reason I wrote as Nymph Dupov was because um, you wouldn't let us use our real names online. Well, you were minors. No, and that's fine. <laughs> I don't care. That was actually probably really smart. <laughs> that was actually really smart. It wasn't probably really, it was very smart, especially <laughs> seeing how things are today. But um, yeah, so we weren't allowed to use, not just because of our minors, but because of our grandparents, because of all the, the bullshit drama oh, yeah. and, and all these issues that we had because of um, our past. Um, we had stalking issues and stuff. <laughs> so fun. Um, but yeah, so I was writing as Nymph Dupov, but I was still writing, um, like romances that I wanted to actually publish because, you know, 11 years old, I think I'm going to write a really good romance for adults. <laughs> but, um, oh yeah, I wasn't online at 11, but I started <laughs> trying to write romances at 11. So yes. anyway, the point is I was writing differently, listening to different music and I didn't notice it until as an adult. I started writing under a, a different pen name for for different things, which I'm kind of like slowly pushing away for all of this stuff that for Fulton Hills because that and the the, the uh, major epic work that I've told you about, I want to make my my life's work. I think, um, but I write differently. So with the pen name, I don't listen to any music. And I didn't even notice this until just recently. Um, now, I always start off pretty much the same way. I meditate. I meditate for five minutes. Or if it's early in the morning, I will do morning pages. It's an either or. I For some reason, I don't do both. But um, morning pages, if you haven't, I mean, everybody pretty much has heard about it now, I guess. it's It's, it's by Julia Campbell, The Artist Way. So it's it starts off and she tells you about um, morning pages and it's for her it's three pages, longhand, non-associative writing pretty much. It, it can be associative, it can be non-associative, it can be just jumbled, it can be whatever you you're thinking. Um, for me, I use college ruled super big paper, so I I typically only do a page 
or when I was using unlined paper, I would write insanely small, like as small as the handwriting in seven and <laughs> or smaller. And it would just be one page would be like probably the equivalent of three. So I either do morning pages, especially if I'm going through a depressive state, um, anything like really super anxiety, I have a lot of anxiety. I've had nightmares. I had a really bad, bad, you know, uh, sleeping experience anything like that morning pages is fucking amazing because it's the same theory of you're pissed off at somebody so you write a letter that you don't intend to send <laughs> yeah i've done yeah, that it it really does seem to help it seems to help a lot and um so morning pages even if you've had like a bad week or something like that morning pages helps me if I'm in a really, really good mood or I'm hyped up or I'm ready to write or I'm just fucking thrilled, I'm ready, I'm, you know, yeah. Or if Tony has left for work, you know, and I've had a little bit of time to sit with him and hang out and I might not be in the right mind space, those are the, the two other ways that I will sit down. I will meditate for five minutes, but it's not always a full emptying of the mind. It's not always, you know, watch the thoughts and let them go. It mm -hmm. is a, a trying to empty from the day or trying to, you know, like not let the the thoughts of what else I have to do that day come up. But if any writing thoughts come up, I just go forward. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, I love that. Or we could do this or we could do that. Um, I think that that's really, really important for, for me to do one of those two things because I notice a difference when I don't do either of them. So it's kind of like my shower. And then when I do sit down, I have to make sure that I have my checklist, which is, um, okay, so it's either the checklist or it's the index cards above my head for the scenes. Mm -hmm. So right now it's the checklist because it's all the things that I'm building for Fulton Hills. It's certain characters that are going to be reoccurring, certain themes, that sort of thing, um, world building. But if I'm actually in the middle of a book right now while I'm writing... I have a cork board above my head. I have all of the index cards. And this is something that, oddly enough, I didn't learn from you. I learned from writing the screenplays. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think we both learned it from Sid Field, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Sid Field's screenplay. And again, Holly doesn't write screenplays, but it's a good book. Yeah. You know? Um, but yeah, so I'll have my index cards above my head, and I like to tip down the corner of one. So when you're looking up, it's inspiration. You're moving forward. You're also seeing how much you've done. That's you nice. Know, sometimes I like to take a black marker and mark on it. I'm not sure which one is my favorite. <laughs> but yeah, and then the other thing that I have to have with me is the scratch paper for my words and 10-minute and timers. Mm -hmm. Because when I'm working with you, um, and this is something i got to say for our community in hollyswritingclasses.com, in the uh, podcast community, they are killing it with the 10-minute timer challenge. I know. I mean, what's cool is, like, I'll see people who have come back, you know? And that that's the point. It's it's not how many days in a row can you get, even though that's neat. You know, maybe that is your challenge. Or maybe it's, I want to do every single day for an entire year. That's a good challenge. But the idea is, if you fall off, come back. Yeah. And I haven't had to be like, hey, where have you been? Because people will automatically come back. And be like, oh, I had a few days off, the uh, three minute, ten minute timer, you know, and it's, you, <laughs> it's just very motivating. I love that thread. Yes, it's very motivating. It's inspiring, and I, I wanted to 
give them a shout out because they're just there. You know, we've got some that are doing it for um, their revisions. We've got some that are really just kicking it out in, in just showing up every day. Maybe they're only doing one or two. Mm-hmm. But they are but showing, showing up, up every, every day. day. Yeah. Yeah. And that is inspiring as fuck. So um, I have a piece of scratch paper next to me. And when I write with you especially, it, it, it's like extra motivating because when the timer's up, I jot down what my word count was and I put a little tick for the for the 10 minute timer. Mm-hmm. And then by the end of the day, I have the the full word count at the end and then the, the, the tick so I know how many words I got and how many sessions because otherwise I forget. But those are just, those are the things that I kind of feel like I have to have and have to do in order to be in my mindset. And sometimes if it's, you know, if I'm writing as me, then I listen to certain radio state or certain Pandora stations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, well, that's, again, you're, you you are setting a stage for your muse, for your right brain to do what it does best. And yeah. I, I, you talking about that reminded me of something that is going to drive you absolutely insane. I always put together a playlist for a book as I, you know, before I, I start, I dig through and I'm looking for uh, all of the different songs that fit that, uh, that book for me. And yeah. they're thematic, but as I go through, it always winnows down to just one song. Yeah. Um, fuck classical gas. <laughs> yeah. I just have to say, fuck that goddamn song. I am so sick. Of, it, it played on Pandora the other day, and I was like, literally, I was like, Alexa, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I think you guys spent several summers listening to that song. Yeah, it, it would be a beautiful song oh, if I didn't hate it within the yeah. very core of my body. Yeah, it, it is uh, Mason Wilson, Mason William, Mason. Brilliant rendition of it, but I I, I would loop it. Um, brilliant, brilliant rendition of an excellent piece of music, and it when I was doing uh, between five and ten thousand words a day because I was on horrible deadlines, and if we I didn't write, we didn't eat. Yeah. I would just zone in on that piece of music and it would run for eight or 10 hours a day. And, uh, I, but to our credit, <laughs> have you ever heard either Mark or myself complain about that song? No, no, not ever. But, <laughs> but that's not the one that I'm using for this book. I have moved mm. on, um, for well, there was, there was another one that I think I probably drove you guys crazy with, which was Evanescence Bring Me to Life, which was the one no, I was using for... I was out of the me. house by the time Evanescence came out. Oh, okay. So, so probably Mark and Joe. Just Mark. But um, yeah. I'm glad that you didn't because I adore Amy Lee and Evanescence, and yeah. I would hate to live in a world where I didn't like her. Yeah. And the one that I'm using now, which fortunately it's only for two hours a day, so that my guys don't even hear it because they're... yeah. <laughs> is Disturbed's version of Sound of Silence. Yeah, that's an awesome song. Oh, my Yeah, I would God. be so mad if you ruined that song for me right. by playing it every five minutes. Now, okay, here's the thing, though. I used to drive Matt nuts by doing the same thing, by having the playlists and mm-hmm. by um, because I played the, the stand, the TV series, I played um, several of those songs, and I actually played it on the, the um, clarinet, too. And then... Um, there was uh, Melissa Etheridge, Etheridge and uh, Sarah McLaughlin. Oh, yeah. 
Because I got some of the CDs from you guys. Yes. And playlists are amazing. And if if you don't have other people in the house that can hear this stuff. So <laughs> headphones from from a daughter of, of a writer. Save your 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 loved ones. Invest in a good set of headphones, please. <laughs> yeah, I still don't use headphones. I can't stand having the sound quite that close to my eardrums. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but this is this is a technique, and you will build your own techniques that will allow you to funnel down into the story, and and that, be adaptable. Yeah, be adaptable because it shit can change. Oh yeah, music won't always move you. You might have to to look up new artists. Mm-hmm. You you know you might have to to change your techniques. For me, it changes from book to book. Now, I I oh, don't wow. have, yeah. It is. It changes from book to book. I will have one song that clicks for me with the story that I'm telling, the mood of the, the kind of the underlying theme. Uh, and with Wishbone, that's what it is, is, is the sound of silence, that whole... Disturbed version. Um, that's the disturbed cool. version, yeah. Because, because that, it's a very haunting mm-hmm. rendition of yeah. that song. Yeah, it is. It, it has become my definitive version of the song. I grew up with the first yeah. version, so... Yeah, and you liked the first version. I liked the first version, but the first version... No, 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 no. <laughs> okay, so what is next? Next, we have um, put the most important thing first. If it's the words for the day, do the words for the day first. Don't put them off until you are inspired. Don't wait for a better time the thing that matters most and you have to you have to sit down and actually look at this and say okay well what is the most important thing i am going to do today and if it is get the words on my story then that goes first and it doesn't matter whether you're in the mood because your muse can be trained to get in the mood yeah remember that quote like i've i've mentioned this before and i think it was pablo picasso but i did it might have been someone else it was Picasso. I had to I had to look it up, everybody. But it's inspiration exists, but it has to find you working. And that was something because, you know, I mean, I grew up seeing that mom could get a whole lot of words um, on a consistent basis. But when you have a role model that you see doing things, you, you have a tendency to compare yourself to them. So you also don't live inside their head. And you don't know how their brain works. And you don't necessarily, um, we haven't always talked about writing the way that we do now. It's been kind of like this general lead up. So even as kids, you know, we would talk about writing, but we didn't always know what we needed to know. We didn't always know what we needed to ask. So that was one thing that I started using for myself is that inspiration exists, but it has to find you working. And if I was having a rough day or if I didn't feel like writing or anything like that, but I still did, that was the quote that kind of pushed me into working was because I would see, I would think of you and how, how you just barrel through. (laughs) I mean, you are the bull in a China shop kind of thing. And then I would think about that quote and then I would get to work and 99.9999 times out of a hundred, you know, Mm -hmm the inspiration would show up. Well, that that is one of the real advantages of having been a mid-list writer feeding a family 
on my fiction is I did not get to be inspired. I had to show up and get the words every day because until I handed in the words, uh, I did not get paid. And frequently it was even a little bit later than that. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> which is why indie, uh, I enjoy so much more than I enjoyed writing for commercial publishers. I had some that were pretty good and I had a couple that were just God awful. Um, and the funny thing is too, the ones that are God awful are the ones that everybody thinks would be great. You'd think, but just FYI, um, big, huge name publishers. If, if you are not a Harry Potter writer, uh, JK Rowling or Stephen King or something like that. They're in no rush to pay you, apparently. No, no. You you are uh, something that can be run through accounting for six months, and if you need the money, oh well. This so, is the checks in the mail. Uh, yeah. You know, oh, it's being processed. It's being processed. Yes, I love those words. It's being processed for six freaking months. Yeah, that was the, the impetus for me going indie. Right there. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Hey guys, it's Rebecca again. Just thought we'd do something a little bit different this week. We have quite a few of Holly's students that really loved her classes. And I asked if anybody had any sort of testimonial or anything they wanted to tell our listeners, either in text or in audio form. And we had quite a few people that were excited about the idea, wanted to send stuff. And our very first one is Kat. So I'm going to let her take it away. My name is Katrina Gerlach, and I'm a bilingual author from Germany. In Germany, there's this notion writing a book requires talent alone. But when I stumbled over Holly's course, How to Think Sideways in 2009, I learned that there was far more to it. I've never looked back. This year, I started How to Write a Novel, and wow, did it blow me away. I got an idea in a genre I've never written in before, and I'm absolutely delighted. So if you can, grab this course. So yeah, put put first thing first. Like yes. First things first. The other, the next thing is respect your work time. While you're working, work. Don't get sidetracked with the internet. Turn off your phone. I have, I do not have a single notification sound on my phone. And the reason for that is that if somebody calls me, it's one of four people and any of those yeah. four people might have an emergency. So if it's if it's not one of you boogers, um, that's, oh my god. Or Matt. Oh my god, you haven't called us boogers in so many years. That's amazing. <laughs> I feel like a kid again. <laughs> but yeah, if it isn't one of the, one of the three of you or Matt, um, that's it, just no. So <laughs> nobody gets through but you guys when I'm working, and that's just the way it is. And that's why you respect your work time. You only have so long to do this. And yeah. I am pushing 60 right now. And I got to tell you, holy shit, I do not even know how that happened. Yesterday, I was 15 and riding my bicycle to my friend's house to ride her horse with her. So, yeah. or, or, well, that was two days ago. Yesterday, you were 35 struggling with two teenagers and <laughs> yeah, a baby. Yeah. Yeah, two teenagers and a baby. That was a, that was an interesting experience too. And yeah, now you have three adults. Oh my god! Yes. My my one note with this is um, so I have mentioned before there is an app blocker. I don't even use that anymore, and I don't know if this is a phone if this is a thing that every every phone can do or if it's just 
you know, my Note 5 and maybe a few other, you know, Samsung pieces, but there is an ultra battery saving mode on my Android. Okay. The ultra battery saving mode shuts down pretty much everything except text messages and um, phone calls. And I think there's a couple other apps on there, like you can run different things. Uh, like I can still take photos, but I can't send them. I can't look at them. Nothing like that. It is perfect for me for writing. Nice. Um, and that is what I would suggest anybody take a look in your settings. See if your battery has an ultra saving mode. If it does, put that bitch on, you know, when you write. Because you, you can't even open a browser on mine. Nice. And yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. And that this this is a case of needing to build walls around yourself to protect this thing that matters to you. It, because if you don't, nothing will. No, your, your ability to write is not going to be something that is respected by your friends or your family or Facebook or Twitter or whatever other notifications, your email. I don't even have email on my phone. No, me neither. No. But have, you, you have... You get like thousands of emails a day. Yes, unfortunately. Well, no. Um, you can't say unfortunately. No, I but, can't. Yeah. No, the ones that I really enjoy, I only get maybe 50 to 75 of those a day. The, yeah. Only. Well, hey, no, you know, that's, that's my readers. That's fellow writers. That's, and that's, you know, those are the ones that really matter to me. The occasional friend will drop me a line. Um, but everything else is stuff that I have on there because it's relevant, but... Um, you know, this isn't, this isn't spam emails. This is stuff that I have requested because it matters. It's just, oh my God, there's so much of it. So nothing like that on my phone. That's, that's a computer thing. And that is the last thing I do each day is check emails. And, and just kind of like to point this out, it's part of having self-discipline is also setting things up. So it makes it easier for you to have self-discipline. Yes. Yes. So don't. that's what I'm, if you need to turn off Wi-Fi to, to protect your writing time, turn off Wi-Fi because it, it doesn't take but a second to be like, oh, let me go research this. Click on the browser and the browser doesn't work because you have internet off and you're like, oh, that's right. Let me shut this down. Let me keep going. Right. So like put your notes directly in your first draft. Exactly. That's, that's what TC that's what is too. for. Yeah, Yeah. little square bracket, capital T, capital C hyphen. And then whatever it is you want to research later, that just drop that right in there and then the end square bracket on the other side. And then you can search that shit. You just search. Literally anything. Use it for everything. If you forget what character's eye color is, if you forget what the town's name is, if you forget something that was three pages ago, Mm -hmm. doesn't matter. Just put in the, the, the... like what Holly is saying, the TC, or if you have another note note system, just put the notes directly in there because you're protecting your writing time, especially the research stuff. Because, right. And I still don't do, I still occasionally get sidetracked by research because it's fun, because it's like candy, because it's, it's, it's something that you want to do. A lot of us writers love research, mm-hmm. but then three hours later, you didn't get your words and, and then you've you feel gone like down shit. a rabbit hole. Yeah. 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 And then you feel like a failure for the day because you didn't get your words. Whereas if you just TC that fucker, you can go ahead and get your words and then you can go back and research after you've done it. And then, you know, guilt free. 
And some people have this thing where they have dedicated writing time and then dedicated research time. And I think you even mentioned that in one of the things that we did is that, you know, write when you write and then <clears throat> research in your off time. Right, exactly. So, you know, but but the, the, the thing is protect. Protect and respect your work time. Now, the next thing is going to really sound surprising. It is respect your off time. If you have scheduled a day where you are not going to write and you have a genius idea, write a note, stick it on the table, stick it on a little sticky note on the face of your computer, whatever it is that you want to do, and then walk away because your muse needs a break. And part of the reason that you get some of these awesome ideas in your off time is because you gave your muse a break. And the muse is going, oh, thank God. Oh. <laughs> yeah, see, yeah. and I, I have a problem with that, but it's, it's absolutely true. I mean, <clears throat> you need to give yourself a break. Yes, yes. I give myself two official days off per week. Saturdays, when I... Um, read other people's novels and kick back and stretch out on the couch and play video games and Sundays oh, and write, write, the, write the show notes for today and then Sundays where um, we do this and then we sit and talk for a while and yep. then uh, I play video games and read other people's fictions and stretch out on the couch and, and knit and knit yeah do a lot of knitting and uh, and then Monday through Friday, it's uh, the whatever the female equivalent of balls to the wall is. <laughs> yeah, it's <clears throat> it also it's nice to have the days off where you're looking forward to getting back to work instead of literally you work every single day and you just want vacation time. Right. Because oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah because I always I, I am one of like five people on the planet who looks forward to Monday. <laughs> I, think, I think that there's actually a lot of them, but it's people who are doing what they love to do. Right. It's not people that are, quote, living for the weekend, which is a shame, you know? Right. Right. But you have to, you have to give yourself some time away so that you can appreciate your time with. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> also, so that you can be inspired by your time away, you know? You can yeah. be inspired by the nonfiction you're reading or the fiction you're reading or, or the art you went and looked at online or if you actually leave the house, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> something <laughs> something outside of your your writing hole. Yeah, wow. <laughs> what, what's that like, leaving the I house? I don't know. I, I'll ask Tony <laughs> when he comes back. Yeah. Yeah, I ask Matt. Matt gives me the trip report when he gets home. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, okay. And this is this is not people unfortunately stuck in the home. This is a a choice. Yeah, this is voluntary hermitism. <laughs> yeah, I went to that biker event, the the bike run for the um, fallen veterans, and all of my friends were like, "Holy shit, you're still alive!" Yes. <laughs> like, "Oh, look at you, you're outside." <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh wow, yeah, that's that's very much it. So after respecting your days off or your time off, yes, what have we got? Then you look at, you dissect your writing tasks because there are, every project has different phases and you have to have a clear vision of each phase 
And you, you can't necessarily, when you're getting started, know how long you can anticipate that phase taking. But you have to know that you have to finish this phase before you can move on to the next phase, or else you are just running in this little circle like a crazy person trying to do everything at once. And you, so you start with project planning, which is your character, your plot, your world, your scenes, um, developing what it is that you are going to be writing about. When you have that to the point where you understand in your head kind of what the project is, then you set up how many daily words you want to get. You don't have to go through the book math. I will put a link to your article on book math. Okay. But um, that is because that's kind of important for people to take a look at, especially if you are looking at publishing traditionally and you're looking at the specs that you need to hit for a traditional publisher's line. Yeah, book math, it's very simple. It is arithmetic. I suck at math. I did not become an astronaut because I suck at math. I wanted it so bad. That was, you know, rock star was a fallback to astronaut. Um, <laughs> so, um, but this is, this is just arithmetic and it is very doable. And um, it's like financial math. I can do that too. <laughs> yeah, but it's not as hard as financial math. No, it's not. It's actually, it's, it's super easy and we'll put a link to it, but it's just basically figuring <clears throat> out, you know, how, how, when you want to get the book done, how many words it's going to take for you to write a day, Yeah, including your days off, that and, sort of thing. And this is when you have an idea of how many words you comfortably can write per day. And yeah. keep this in mind, projects are different. There are times when I can write an easy 5,000 words a day. Easy. There are projects where I can write a very, very difficult 2,000 words a day because the, the kinds of conflicts and the characters and your understanding of the world and your understanding of the story you want to tell differ from project to project and every project is unique. So do not assume that because you are blasting through at 5,000 words a day on one project that the next project is going to go like that. You yeah. start in, you start getting a feel for it, and you adapt. You will yeah, still get your words. That's what I'm learning now yeah. is that I need to look at a different word count when I start to hit Vault Mills. Mm -hmm. And again, this if you did 5,000 words a day on a different project, and, then, and these numbers are so insane to some people. Let's say you do... 3,000 words a day on a project and you're just booking it through and you're doing so well and then you start another project and it's you know you you found that this book you have to do a thousand words a day yes when you get to the next book and you start doing a thousand words a day but you feel like you could do more up it a little bit and see if you can do it right you don't yeah the thing you are looking for on words per day is the thing you are looking for when you do push-ups. I can do this many. When I stop, could I do that many more comfortably? And that's when you stop because you do not want to train your muse to when you put out the call, you start your timer, you start your music, whatever it is, for your muse to go, fuck no, I'm hiding in a corner. <laughs> That was a yeah. miserable slog. It was... <laughs> yeah, you don't want to make the muse feel like it's on a leash and collar. No. No, it has to be fun because the part of your brain that does this has to have a good time each day in order to show up for work the next day. And if yeah. it starts feeling like uh, punishment, 
then you're you are going to be sitting there bleeding onto the page trying to come up with any words at all so when you are still having fun that's when you quit so um after after that okay so after we have that um then after you have your daily words and you hit the end of the manuscript then you do a revision of your completed manuscript which means you do not touch words in first draft and this is one of the things i am beating people over the head with in how to write a novel is everybody's going well but 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 there's problems yes there are there are problems in your first draft i fucking guarantee it and some of them are book breaking problems and you just leave them there and you keep writing and you change the story as you need to and you keep writing and you come up with new ideas and you keep writing and when you get to the end when you have all of the words you need then you touch the first draft but you do it in a very specific fashion which i have on my site yeah just (laughs) yes i have the the very basic bare bones outline of how to revise a novel on my hollylyle.com site and we will link it from the show yeah Um, you in your if you're interested in something that's a little bit more in depth she does have a seven day crash revision or revision crash or what was it seven, seven day, day crash revision that's yeah that is seven day crash revision and if you want to go even further she has a very very big course and again this is not holly pitching this stuff this is me pitching this stuff for holly because i am i am a fanatic when it comes to this i used to be just like that i used to think you have to revise as you go along i used to think ah oh, it's just mom shut up mom you're stupid blah 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 <laughs> and of course none of her none of her class you know, her, her students and stuff are going to say that same kind of thing, but she's my mom. So, you know, like, <laughs> ah, psh, I know better. And then I took how to revise your novel and I can see the point. It's like, you don't know which parts you're breaking. You don't know how to fix it yet. Just, just leave it alone until you get to the end. Right. So she has, um, the bare bones, how to revise your novel for free on her website. She has seven day crash revision. And then if you want to go more in depth, which is my suggestion, um, it is how to revise your novel, but yeah, so pitch over, go ahead. Okay. Yes. And the reason that you do this is that until you have written the ending of your story, you don't know what the, the beginning is supposed to be. Um, in dead man's party, uh, I am eight years in the, the past with the first part of it. I had to drop up to, well, I am eight years in the future with the first half of the book. I was halfway through the novel when I realized that the story that I am writing has to be told two years after the disaster happens. So I just put a little note in there for myself. Okay. Um, go back and revise this. And then after that little TC of go back, you know, revise first half of book to (laughs) this thing, which is is its own big process. Um, I just picked up with, okay, well, I'm pretending I got everything right from this point forward or from this point back that I got it all right. And I'm just picking up from there and moving to the end. And I do this with every single book I write because I don't touch first draft. And that means I don't even go back through and fix spelling. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. When it hits the page, I now I can change while I'm writing. If I see a typo while I'm writing, I can fix that then. But once the words have set, uh, once I have walked away from the computer, 
they are cast in stone until I do the revision because you can destroy the, the coolest things. I, I did a demo of this for the How to Write a Novel class this week where, uh, like I said, the first part of the book is, is eight years in the future and in a completely different world. And, but there was something that happened in that first scene, in that first chapter on the first page, that if I had gone through and revised as I was writing and updated it, that thing would have disappeared. But as it was, it is this beautiful little thing that ties to the last scene in the novel that I have planned because of this thing that was in the first scene that is going to carry through. And if you go through and screw up your words, you're going to lose every single bit of that, for lack of a better word, magic, that amazing stuff that your right brain muse throws on the page that is still relevant to the book, even though you got everything else wrong. It is. And I, I, I have a good solution for this for some of us, especially some of us who might be on a budget like myself. Um, paper is not, you know, super cheap and ink is hella expensive. So what my suggestion is, even refurbed ink, my suggestion is once you finish a scene, and you're done for the day and you look it over and you're like, okay, I'm done. You print it out mm -hmm. because this is, this is what I have been doing for two, two years now or something like that. Um, and it keeps me from going back and revising because if I went back and even fixed a spello, I would, or a typo, I would have to reprint the entire thing, especially if it changed, if it was a longer word that I had to put in there or a different word, then it changes all the rest of yeah, the Yeah, it screws the, up your pagination. Pages. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have to print everything out again. Um, just print it, set it, leave it, it and, and it kind of helps in your brain to finalize that bit. Like, okay, well, that that's done. I'm moving on now. Mm -hmm. And not only and, that, but you have this beautiful inspiration yep. of watching a pile of pages grow and realizing yep. that's my novel. Yeah, and you you get you get to physically see it get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And I did this with Glass House, and it was amazing. And also, you get to the point where when you finish a scene, you're like, "Oh my God, I can't wait to print it out!" Because it, it it's it's a present to yourself. It is a gift to yourself. It is it is something you get to look forward to, and it actually helped me get motivated in times when I was feeling a little bit sluggish or you know like. I don't really want to finish this this <laughs> last bit of the scene here, or I don't know what I'm... Wait, wait, wait. Just, you haven't hit your words. Finish your words. Get that chance to print off this next scene to see those pages. And it, it, it did. It helped. It was a little extra motivation. And you get back into it, and you're like, fuck yeah. 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 And not only that, it gives you... It gives the project scope and scale. Yeah. So that you're not... <clears throat> with With word processors... You have an infinite page, so you have no tangible, conceptual idea of what it is that you're building, that you, you cannot see it. So, But if you print it out in 12-point courier with inch or inch and a half margins all the way around with your header up at the top and page numbers on it so that if, you know, the cat comes over and jumps on the manuscript and it scatters all over the room, you can still put it back together... And spacing it too. And, and spacing it too, right, so that it's double-spaced, so that it is a genuine, honest-to-God, revisable manuscript. 
then as it gets bigger, you will start to realize, okay, well, I'm getting close to the end of this. I, I, there's, I'm, I'm, I need to start thinking about the ending. I need to start thinking about scenes leading up to the ending because I've got two reams of paper sitting on my table right now. And uh, I didn't really want the book to be the size of a house. It also kind of gives a certain amount of um, validity or respectability to what you're doing because if you're sharing it on social media, maybe some of the friends that are like, oh, yeah, she's a writer, you know, or <laughs> it. it it gives them like, oh, okay, no, like that's really a lot of writing. Like that's a, a lot of paper. Right. That's a lot of ink. You know, they, they start to see it and, and it's more real in their brains that this is your job. I, I, I've actually seen that happen with two of my friends and they, it was weird. They, they just got way more respectful for what I am doing. And that was, that was something I was not expecting. Right. That was a neat little extra boost there (laughs) yeah yeah like oh shit this is real look at them pages (laughs) and and it does have one other interesting effect um uh, one of my very first uh how to revise your novel students was did not believe me about not revising in the in the app that he wanted to to do his revision on the computer rather than printing out a hard copy and Mm. then revising on the hard copy. But I nagged him. So he printed out his 600,000-word novel. Good Lord. 600,000 words, which was reams and reams of paper, typed, double space, and realized that what he had been writing was not one book, but an entire series. And because 600,000 words is unprintable. There is is nothing that gives you that amount of 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 glue you know the the binding on the book will not hold together unless you are in micro dot print and you know if you're if you're in fly spec five well maybe but on on onion skin paper but six hundred thousand words and i mean that's that's six huge novels yes yes that's six big fat novels man yeah yeah and he he went oh (laughs) <laughs> I think I see the problem. No shit. <laughs> yeah. So you you have to understand what you are creating. And by printing out your pages every day, you will understand what you are creating. You will have a physical, real-world representation that is not just this infinitely scrolling page that can be of any size and that has no correlation to what exists in your life. If, you're, if you've got ink and paper invested, you can see what it is. Yeah, it also helps because then by the time you're done and you're ready to hit revision, you don't have to sit there for an hour and a half waiting for your entire novel to print. And there hey, is that too. Been, yeah, <laughs> just a little tiny. Yes. Because I'm, I'm very impatient. Yes. And then you don't have to sit there and, and sit for the hour and a half like knitting or playing a game on your freaking phone, just feeding the printer more paper <laughs> because it only takes a quarter of an inch at a time. <laughs> yeah, my, mine will hold an inch of paper at a time, but even so. That's yeah, mine, mine may be half an inch, maybe. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because that's they do that. So, but, okay, so the revision of completed manuscript includes printing the manuscript. It then includes bug hunting. If you're an indie, okay, along with 
doing the daily words and then doing your revision. If you're in indie, then you also add in bug hunting, typesetting, cover art, cover copy promotion, and doing all the publication yourself, including probably uh, getting yourself ISBNs and including those in the book. So um, there is, it is a big damn deal. And it's also a lot of fun, but um, for those of us who are struggling with the find the right kind of cover art thing there is there is a certain amount of challenge to all of this and for those but of that's us, yeah that's all more of building a self-publishing system this is this is the writing how to build a writing system. right so, i'm just saying yeah. if you are if you are going to go indie there's more so yeah we're not yeah. getting into that today but there is definitely more um so then from there i just want to throw in a useful couple of useful tips have a no diversions policy, turn off phone notifications, turn off Wi-Fi, or just don't surf on the internet. Do not open your browser for anything whatsoever. Um, unless you have something coming from UPS, don't answer knocks on the door because you don't want to discuss religion with, with guys in black, black jackets and white shirts. Um, we, we get them a lot here. Yeah, we get a lot of Jehovah's Witnesses here. Yeah, I, I'm, I don't even know. I don't know what they're there for because... Well, usually the ones in the black with the ties and stuff, those are Mormons. Yeah. But... If, especially if they come in two, mm -hmm. tend to be the Mormons on a mission. Yeah. So, and, you know, as an atheist, I don't do religion and I don't want to argue with anybody about it. So, I, it's just more polite of me to not open the door. <laughs> so, okay. And then the last thing here is do not mistake entertainment for work. And this is all of your social media. This is, um, getting on YouTube and promoing. I wrote X number of words per day or, or get, or, or getting on Twitter rather, or Facebook or whatever and saying, well, I am helping my career because I am talking about my writing. But if you're not getting the words, you're not helping your career. The only thing yeah. that counts until you have the book written and revised and ready to be published, the only thing that really counts is getting the words. And, you know, if you want to blog afterwards, I do that. Yeah, or social media stuff afterwards. Yeah, social yeah, media any of that stuff. afterwards. Yeah. But, but do not tell yourself that's work and do it as a steda, where if you're doing it instead of this or instead of that. No steadas. <laughs> yeah. I like, um, like, I'll post something during, like, that's when I can tell that I'm, I'm getting a little distracted is when I take a picture of something that's like, oh, this is really motivating me right now. Like, I'll, I'll do the, the picture of the index cards or I'll do the picture of my growing stack. Mm -hmm. If I do it before or after, fine. But if I find myself doing it during, oh, look what I'm doing right now. It's like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Bitch. No, you're posting to social media right now. Stop it. Yes. That's that's why I have started um, the ultra battery saving mode because, like, I can still take a picture, mm -hmm. but I can't post it. Right, because so, like, that acts ah. as a built-in stopper. And yeah. if you have been addicted to social media and it is addictive, yeah. you might need to put some stoppers in there. Yeah, and that's why I was saying make self-discipline easier on yourself. Mm -hmm. Set it up so that it is easier to be not... No, it's set it up so that it is easier 
to do what you're doing than it is to get distracted. That's why you would turn off Wi-Fi. That's why you would turn your phone to ultra-saving mode. It just it, That way you're still getting notifications as far as text messages or phone calls from the people that matter. You know, from, from and I actually, I, I will have a friend text me while I'm writing, and since the notification still comes in, I pick up the phone and look. But if it's not Holly or um, Tony or Mark, or, you know, like Matt or Joe, but they never text me, right. um, <laughs> then I don't answer. And, and the majority of my friends know, like, listen, I work from home, so I'm I'm not always going to answer your phone. And I still have one or two that just text or call whenever they want or they try to show up whenever they want. It's like, dude, I'm fucking working, you know? Yeah, well, I have sorry, work I hours. Out. Yeah. Yeah. But a lot of people, they just don't – that's that's another topic for another show. Right. But a lot of – people that just won't respect what you're doing and you just have to get over that and put your foot down yeah every single time every single they time never learn yeah yeah because some people refuse to learn yeah yeah and yeah this is this is <laughs> sacred space man yeah. so and that's basically that's basically it unless you have anything else you want to add there before we get to the takeaway no just just everything, I think that the takeaway would be good because it's going to kind of condense everything that we've gone through in this episode. But um, I just feel like this is a really, really, it, it's setting yourself up for success because that whole over overstated quote, you know, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. This is building a system that makes it easier for yourself. And a lot of people think, well, I'm too, you know, I'm an artist. I'm too creative. I can't do routines. I can't do bullshit. (laughs) Routines help you become more creative. Right. Routines, especially like, even if you, you have a routine for cleaning your house or you have a wake up morning routine or a nighttime routine, something like that. It makes thing, getting things out of the way easier so that you can have this time to be spontaneous, spontaneous. If you, have a routine for for getting yourself into writing. If if you have a routine for when you're okay, going to you do it still and for how to get yourself into the mood, then it gets a, out of the way all of the wow. the, the issues of of when am I going to do this? Uh, let me find some time. Let me make some time right now. It just makes it so that you have a routine. You sit down. You got all of that stuff out of the way. It, it makes it like clockwork. And then you have this space where you can be creative, where you can be spontaneous. So our takeaway here is simply this, really short one this week. Motivation without direction just runs you in a circle. You can be all kinds of crazy motivated, but if you don't have a system, you're not going to get anything done. That's perfect. It, it, it gives you exactly why you need a system. Even if your system is just like your system where you get in a shower, you brush your teeth, you sit down, you pull up the document, and bam, you know, yeah. you set up your timer. It, it can be very simple, or it can be like this little writing cave that you've created yourself, like, like we did, like I did in my first apartment, where it was like the water heater room. <laughs> <laughs> well, you had like an eight foot, an eight square foot apartment. So, <laughs> no, no, that wasn't the first apartment with oh. Tony. It was the first apartment with Tony. Oh. I had um, a water heat, the the little room with a water heater in it, and I had maybe what three feet of space. Yeah, and that's where we shoved a desk in there, and I had 
pictures all over the water and and I just I was also slightly terrified of the water heater flooding like it did in my room <sighs> in our place in player's place yeah but that's yeah um so yeah that has been our episode how to build your writing system I hope that some of this was helpful. You know, of course, we do have the forums. So if you want to come in, if you have your ideas of your own, if you have some questions, if you want to see what other people maybe have, have created as far as their systems, please come in. Um, it's a, Again, it's a free account, hollyswritingclasses.com. The forums are clearly labeled where you can go in and find the podcast. This podcast alone in a room with invisible people. Share your system. Share what motivates you. Share, you know, when you work. Are you a night owl? Are you a morning person? Um, just kind of share what you do because maybe that'll inspire somebody else to kind of like oh hey I could try that um and again we do have a new way to support Holly uh we are no longer using Patreon and I forgot to mention um I am no longer using Patreon either with the podcast it didn't actually have anything that Patreon could steal (laughs) Yeah, could you know legally take and alter and sublicense and all this bullshit, but um, I could not in good conscience, could good not in good conscience, still use Patreon, considering the fact uh, that I am highly against what they are doing mm-hmm. and highly against their you know what they have put in their their non contract in it, but in their you know legal terms and conditions and. I, I I don't care. They can't make a penny off of off of anything that I'm doing because that just further further supports what they are doing to other artists. Right. And it is absolutely atrocious. It is horrible. It is the worst kind of of theft by telling people in terms that they can understand. Oh, you still own your stuff 100%. Your stuff is all yours. Mm-hmm. And then in the legal, you know, buried in within the legal terms and conditions, it says. Except for the, that we own everything. Well, they still yeah. own it. The artist still has their name. Right. They're still the creator. That part they can't change. But they're saying, oh, but we can do whatever we want with your shit. Right. We're just and taking all cannot, the rights. Yeah. <laughs> you, 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 you can do whatever you want. You want to go sell it? That's fine. But we, we can also sell it. We can sublicense it, which just amazes me. Yeah. Make we, derivative we can, works from it. Yeah. Yeah. We can Fuck. do whatever we fucking want with your artwork. And you can never, ever take back any anything that you share on our site it will always be ours you can never say you can't have it which is just blows my mind it is just the most atrocious thing that i can think of that patreon can do yeah it, well it's the most you atrocious know? right rights grab i've ever seen yeah it's just unbelievable and it sorry for the rant twice now but it is <laughs> fuck it is deserving of an entire episode of how horrible this is yeah and and people just i mean Again, there are other artists out there. The whole point is that you're trying to make a, you know, provide for yourself, have your fans help you, provide a living for yourself. And give them something cool as a thank you. Yeah. But, but I mean, you're, even, even if you're, you're not working with a reward system, even if you're just an artist out there who's creating stuff and people are supporting you because they want to be your patrons. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. it's it's just that irony of of the one thing that you are using in order to 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 provide for yourself to have your fans help provide for you and support you is stealing 
not that they are doing anything to certain artists or anything, but it is within their legal rights to steal your work, to sublicense it, to make money off of you, to, to create whatever works they want with, with, with your work. It, it, I don't know. It, it's just such a breach of trust and so yeah. awful. Um, but yeah, so anyway, hollyswritingclasses.com, create a free account, come on in, talk with us about this episode. Uh, you can support Holly on coffee. I think it's mm-hmm. pronounced because it's talking to, yeah, but it's yeah. uh, K-O hyphen F-I dot com mm-hmm. slash Holly Lyle. That's L-I-S-L-E. And you can support her, you know, go buy her a coffee because she does, she does like her coffee. Um, <laughs> I'm assuming that Alone in a Room with Invisible People will also be on coffee. But right now, today is going to be my day to kind of take a look at what else is out there. Just kind of, you know look at the different options because again I do want this podcast to be self-sustaining and Holly has already put so much into it that I mean I'm, I'm trying to find a way to make it at least support itself <laughs> with all the work that I put into it it's my passion project it was my idea it, it shouldn't be on you know Holly as she has all of these other things that she has to get done <laughs> You can follow us on Facebook. That is uh, pretty much the only social media app that we actually are, you know, present on and, and interact with people on. Because the other two, they just I I don't really, you know, <laughs> connect with them as far as as um, the Alone in a Room with Invisible People podcast. But we are on Facebook, Alone in a Room with Invisible People. You can follow us on there. Um, you can you know messages. I will occasionally post some you know funny things that I've seen online or I'll share something of Holly's and of course every single time an episode comes out it automatically um you know puts the link up there so if you need a reminder it'll be there on Facebook um I think that that is it our our system has changed a little bit thanks to Patreon being (laughs) a monster but if you need to contact us for anything again if you're going through anything you know like like I am with the infertility, the depression, the anxiety, the nightmares, stuff like that. You can write me at Rebecca at alonewithinvisiblepeople.com. Or if you have anything show related, if you uh, would like, we, we want to start taking, I'm sure you've heard um, the 30 second uh, spot from Kat today. Thank you so much, Kat, for your awesome testimonial. It was amazing. It was, it just, you know, I don't know. It just made me smile. And it's also fun to hear a German with a Scottish accent. That was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, if you have your own testimonial, your own idea, you can either um, email me at show at alonewithinvisiblepeople.com. You can email me the clip. We're trying to keep it, you know, 30 to 60 seconds. If you would prefer not to read it out loud, just send me the text and I will read it out loud for you. So I think that that is it for today. Holly, do you have anything else to say? Just focus on figuring out what really matters to you with your writing and then step by step, build a system that allows you to accomplish what you want. This is totally within your reach and you can do this. 